I just had to take a moment to do that. God is good. You guys agree? All right. So I've been back in the gym lately. So that's helping my energy right now. As most of you guys know, I was a personal trainer for a few years before I started this job. But how many of you guys know when you start a new position, sometimes you have to adjust to the new schedule and get a new routine to get consistent, especially with your gym routine? Some of y'all are like, "Mm mm-hmm, I started a new job five years ago. I'm still trying to get the consistency going. I feel you. It's not easy. But... Even over the months, New Year's resolutions, all that stuff, I've stayed in the gym, but I wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be. I wasn't really going at it as hard as I wanted to be because I just know how good I feel when I'm working out, but I got it. I'm back. I'm feeling good. One of the first things that I do, most of, I'm giving you guys a health tip tonight before we get started. One of the first things that I do when I want to get serious about my physical workouts, is I up my hydration. It's an often overlooked component to your physical health, but hydration is super duper important. So I go straight to drinking a gallon of water a day because it speeds up your metabolism, It increases your energy levels when you're trying to go to the gym, when you're trying to get a hard workout in. You need that extra hydration, especially if you're planning on sweating. You prepare by drinking water. So I up my hydration. Interestingly enough, we happen to be in a series called The Thirst is Real. Talking about thirst and our need for hydration. And something that I learned a little while ago that's really interesting about being dehydrated, one of the fascinating things is one of the symptoms of dehydration is actually hunger. So when you're thirsty, sometimes your body will tell you that you're hungry. And so that's something that I had to learn in terms of regulating my eating and all that stuff. You know, you're not wanting to overeat, not wanting to follow all these cravings. I learned that if I'm drinking enough water, sometimes those cravings just subside and I don't have to deal with a lot of the nonsense if I'm drinking enough water. So we've been talking in this series about our thirst, our need, and we were talking last week about relying on rain. We talked the week before that about roots in the river, and those messages were about trusting in God and relying on God. We came out of a series called Firestarter that was talking about God being a consuming fire and his spirit being compared to fire. And now we're in a series where we're talking about how he compares himself to water because he uses things that he created that we're familiar with to give us revelation of different aspects of who he is and different aspects of his character. So he's not just a consuming fire, but he's also the refreshing Water. He's also what we need to sustain our lives. Our bodies are made up of 70% water. 90% of human and animal cells are composed of water. But how many of y'all drink enough water every day? Yeah, those hands. Wasn't a lot of them. Isn't it crazy that the thing that's most essential to our survival is something we overlook. 
all the time. Something that we take as light, something that we take casually, where it's the most important thing to our survival, the most important thing to our sustenance, and yet the majority of people in the room would say they know they don't drink enough water, but they don't really care. Nobody really thinks about it. We drink soda, we drink juice, we drink whatever we feel like drinking. But what we need most in life, so often, we don't even consider it. We don't prioritize it. And the funny thing is, what your body will do, most of you guys know you're not drinking enough water, but then your body tells you that you're hungry, and then you go after all these other cravings that never satisfy the actual need. And so your body needs water, but the hypothalamus, the part of your brain that regulates, oh, I'm going to go in. Let's get it. (laughs) But this is God. This isn't even me. This is God, his creation. And he's just so creative. He gives all these revelations of what's going on in our lives. The hypothalamus is the part of the brain that regulates hunger and thirst. And sometimes it just gets confused and miscommunicates to you what your need is. And so when you're not drinking enough water and you're dehydrated, sometimes the hypothalamus will send messages of hunger to your body. When it's telling you that you're hungry and you're craving all these different things, but in reality, you're just thirsty. That is the title of tonight's message is, you're just thirsty. Everybody in here at some point throughout your life, most of the time, every day actually, you're just thirsty. And you experience all these needs, all these deep desires, all these cravings, and you pursue it in all these different directions. And the reality is, you're just thirsty. And sometimes it's hard for us to accept a solution that simple because your body's telling you you're hungry and that feeling is real. So nobody can come up to you and tell you you're not hungry. You feel the hunger. The hunger's real. You say, I want a burger. (laughs) You feel me? The reality is you're just thirsty. But your mind has told you that you want a burger. And so then you get a burger, and then you feel terrible, and you don't know why. We have headaches, stomach aches, all these things from what we're putting in our body, and we don't know why. And sometimes, you're just thirsty. But some of y'all are like, that sounds good, but what about the Bible? What does the Bible say about it, pastor? I'm glad you asked. I want us to look in the Bible today at an encounter Jesus had with a thirsty woman. Jesus had a powerful, revelatory encounter with a woman who was extremely thirsty in several ways. Some of you guys know her infamously as the woman at the well. (laughs) 
So in the book of John, John chapter 4, I'm going to set the setting for you so you know what's going on here. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and goes through Samaria. Now, what you need to understand about what's happening here is he didn't go through there accidentally. Most Jews would not go through Samaria because there was a lot of tension there. He went out of his way to go through this city, a city where Jews and Samaritans did not get along. It would be like at the height of the civil rights era, the height of racial tension in our country and a small little country town in the deep south. Somebody saying, ah, I'm not going to go through that city. Tensions are high. That's not something I'm comfortable going through. Jesus was a little countercultural. And Jesus did not view life through the same lens that we view it through. So aside from the racial tensions, aside from the possible disagreements that could have happened there, aside from all the side eyes that I'm sure he got as a Jew walking through Samaria, he chose to go through Samaria. And he stops at a special place. It's called Jacob's Well. And this was a well that had a bunch of history to it that a bunch of years before that, Jacob met his wife, Rachel, at this well. There were a lot of things, a lot of special things that happened at this well. And Jesus, Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to Jacob. Jesus goes to this well. I'm just giving you guys extra stuff right now because it's interesting. The Bible's fascinating. Jesus goes to this well in this city where there's all this tension between people, he stops at a well in a society where not only would it not be appropriate for a man to just be talking to any woman, especially a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman was completely unheard of. So, to the story. John 4 When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? He struck up a conversation. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. She's saying, hey, I don't know if you know how this works, but we're not even supposed to be talking to each other. What are you doing? That's the first thing she goes to is you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, most of you guys think that he was just saying something super deep when he said living water, and she was like, hmm. But in that time... That was actually referred to as uh, water that you could drink, in short. They had several types of water. They had brackish water, which was dead water that you couldn't really do anything with. And living water was, was fresh water, water that you could actually drink. And in that society, we obviously, we're so used to having water. We let the water run, doing all types of stuff. We'd just be in the shower chilling, water running. But in that society, and in many societies around the globe today, water is a treasured commodity. 
It's not something that you come across so easily. It's not something that people view casually. People walk miles and miles and miles just to draw water. And so this woman was drawing water from the well, getting something that she needed for the day. And Jesus is saying, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask me for what you need. So she says, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That escalated quickly. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She said, um, see, the thing is, um, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. He's like, that's facts. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. (laughs) We're going to get to it, though. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. You know what I got going on. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. See how she redirects the conversation? Like, what are you even talking about? (laughs) Jesus says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither here on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit And in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So even when she redirects the conversation, Jesus still addresses it with the truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Whoo! There is so much in this passage of Scripture So much for us to learn. And that's why Jesus went all out of his way through Samaria to this well to have this conversation with this woman because there was tons of necessary information. There was tons of revelation in this passage of Scripture. And it applies to so many different areas in our lives. But I can only talk about a few. And so I want to talk about two specific areas of thirst in our lives. And the message is split into two parts. So we're talking about one tonight, and we'll talk about the other one next week. So the first area that we thirst for, that we need in our souls, that our spirit is craving, whether our mind tells us that's what we're craving or not, what we're craving in our soul, in our spirit, every single human on earth needs it, is God-given identity. 
We all need it. Every person born in this life, on this planet, living in this world, has questions about why they're here. There are four questions that are essential to human existence that everyone asks. The first one is, who am I? Second is, where did I come from? Third is, where am I going? And the fourth is, how should I live? We all have these questions on the inside, and we're all trying to answer them in some way. Some of us have come up with conclusions in our mind. Some of us have found what is the truth. Some of us have created our own truth, even though you can't do that because truth in itself, the definition of truth implies that there's only one, that there can't be multiple. If there's truth, that means there is such thing as a lie. Truth means that there is an answer. And so all of us have these questions, and there is definitive truth about these questions. And our mind is sending signals to us, telling us to go after it in these different directions. And we don't always see the thirst that's on the inside. So I want to look at Jesus' conversation with this woman, and I want us to pick up on certain things. So the creator of the entire universe came to earth, was walking among us, goes out of his way through this town specifically to talk to this woman, strikes up a conversation with her, and the first thing she says is, you're a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. What this shows me is that the way she answered these questions was not with the absolute truth. This woman was feeding her need for God-given identity through pride in her ethnicity and affiliating herself, associating herself with her physical identity, her physical ethnicity, so much that when the God of the universe is standing in front of her, all she can see is his ethnicity. All she can see is, you're a Jew. She's so blinded by what she's been taught, so blinded by what she's accepted, so blinded by her mind telling her that she's craving pride in her ethnicity, that she cannot acknowledge that she has a spiritual thirst for her creator, and he's standing in front of her. And he's saying, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for a drink. If you even knew you were thirsty, you would be asking me for a drink. So for you, what area in your life have you decided to find your identity? What cravings have you pursued to feed this thirst that you have on the inside? I want to explore that tonight. I believe there are two inappropriate ways or two ineffective ways we respond to our need for identity. And I'll start with my own. Um, most of my life, and especially in my adult life, I've sought my identity 
in some type of accomplishment, creating something, being recognized for it, being praised for it, finding significance in my own accomplishments, pursuing success. The thirst on the inside of me was for my God-given identity. I want to know who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? How should I live? And for so long, I allowed the answers from people around me who were still trying to figure it out to seep in and create this path for my life. So who am I? Well, people will tell you, you're a musician. Who am I? You're a teacher. Who am I? You're a lawyer. What do you want to do with your life? You, 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 you. What do you want? Where are you going? Well, I guess I'm going to law school. I guess I'm going to achieve something. We all have this bar that we set. We all have this destination that we set. Or if we don't set a destination, then we feel like we're missing out. We feel like we've missed it. We feel like we're behind because everybody else has this destination that they're going after. They know where they're going and I don't. And so I got to create one. I got to figure it out. What do I want to do with my life? And that's how I determine where I'm going to go to school, what I'm going to pursue, what I'm going to buy, how I'm going to save. It's all determined by how I'm answering these questions. And the world around you will tell you exactly how to do it. The problem is the world around you is feeding you things that will never satisfy the need that you actually have on the inside because who you are is a person who was created by God for a reason. Where are you going? Hopefully to be with him. Where have you come from? Him. How should you live your life? However he wants you to. But there's so many messages coming at us that are throwing us off. That hypothalamus. Throwing us off. Telling us, you need money. And you're like, oh, I need money. <laughs> and it's like that burger. You get some money and you're like, I think I need more money. Because that didn't do it. And so then you have all these people Chasing, 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 chasing money all day. They get a million, they need 10 million. They get 10 million, they need 100 million. They get 100 million, they're like, I'm still broke because people got a billion. It never ends. So I'll tell you, right now, your thirst, the true thirst that you're having is identity from God. You're just thirsty. You think you need money. You're just thirsty. You think you need success. You're just thirsty. I thought that I needed to be famous. I thought that I needed to be rich. I thought that I needed to be acknowledged for my talents, and that's where I would find fulfillment, but I was just thirsty. So when you wake up in the morning and you're anxious and you're saying, what am I about to do? What do I need to do with my life? I need to make today successful. I snoozed my alarm. Ah, I'm not successful. The successful people wake up at 4.30 and I'm tired. I'm about to be broke. 
You go on Instagram. We go talk about it every week. And they're telling you, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. That's why you don't have what you want, because you're not hungry enough. Or maybe you're just thirsty. Maybe what people are telling you to chase after is not even what's going to satisfy you. Because how many times do we see people who have achieved success that are not fulfilled? They're addicted to drugs. They're in and out of relationships, breaking off marriages to the point that a lot of them end their own lives because they're miserable. Because people around you who don't have the answers to your questions are telling you that they do. The people who did not create you, did not create themselves, don't know anything more than you do are creating these ideas and then telling you that they're truth, but the God who created you came to earth, went out of his way, got up around you, and sparked a conversation with you just to show you that what you're pursuing isn't even what you actually need. If you knew who he was, if you knew what he could provide for you, you would be running to him, asking him to fill the need. But your mind is telling you you're hungry. Your mind is telling you you need a burger. Your mind is telling you you need cooler friends. Your mind is telling you you need status. Your mind is telling you you need a nicer car, a nicer home. A better, a bigger 401k, better savings plan. You need to get all the way out of debt. You need to post your accomplishments. But maybe you're just thirsty. And maybe it's that simple that you're chasing all of these things, looking for significance, looking for identity, and you're just thirsty. So the number one thing that we do is we try to find our identity in temporary things. Your career, your college, your physical appearance, your race or ethnicity like she did. And especially in a culture like this when there's tension, because that's what that was there. It was like, oh, y'all don't like us. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. You're not even supposed to be talking to me. So wrapped up in the tension that was taking place that God is standing in front of her. She can't even recognize him because she's so wrapped up in what she's allowed to take place in her mind and what she's cultivated, which is not a God-centered identity. It was a false identity in her physical ethnicity. Maybe you are trying to find your identity in romantic relationships. You need a better-looking boyfriend. I don't know, one with more money. You need a prettier girlfriend. <laughs> Maybe you need one who's selling tummy tees on Instagram. 
old-fashioned Nova codes. And that's going to make you feel like, oh, look who I got. And you find your identity as the dude who got her. And you're finding your identity as the dude who drives this car. And the dude who wears this and has this. And that's what a lot of us do. It's tempting. That's what the world tells you to do all day. You're watching shows. You're getting all these subliminal messages that in order to get this kind of girl, you got to be this kind of guy. In order to get this kind of guy, you got to be this kind of girl. And so many of us are doing it. So many of you are doing it. Especially on social media. Can I be real? Okay. Okay. Are you selling yourself for some social media engagement? Finding your identity and how many people tap like on your picture? Men and women. Are you finding your identity in that? That, oh, I'm this dude. Or, oh, I'm this girl. Because, hey, man, I log into that Fusion page sometimes, and uh, I love that y'all are here. Love that y'all are following the page, but sometimes when I click on, oh, who just liked our page, or who just commented, and I go to the profile, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) back. And instead of acknowledging the thirst, (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're thirst trapping. Instead of acknowledging the thirst, you're thirst trapping. For real, though. I love y'all, but this is what I'm seeing, and I know it's tempting, and I know it's normal in the outside world. It's normal. That's what's dangerous about it because you can just justify it. Like, oh, everybody else is doing it. I was on a relationship panel last week and a girl asked a question. She said, as a Christian, I know that we all know that the Bible says that we're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage, but it's so normal in our culture. It's just like normal. What do we do with that? And this is the tension that a lot of us are facing. This was a college student who was just trying to figure it out, who's like, yo, I'm a Christian, and I, I hear what the, what the Bible's saying, but what, am I, what about over here? She's like, my mind's giving me this craving, and I don't know what to do with it. Everybody else is feeding it this way, yet everybody else is miserable. And they learn very quickly that chasing These cravings does not satisfy the actual need. Another piece for y'all believers. (laughs) Y'all people who are like, I find my identity in Christ. (laughs) In Christ alone. Do you find your identity in your religion or in your relationship with Christ? It's important because she first went to her ethnicity, 
Then he's telling her he's going to give her living water and all that stuff. Tells her about her whole life. And she's like, sir, I can see that you're a prophet. Diversion. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. She goes straight to religion. God is standing in front of her, trying to have a conversation and a connection with her, and she's diverting. First it's, oh, my ethnicity. And then it's, oh, my religion. I'm going straight to doctrine. And we're going to talk about the mountain and whether we should worship on it or not. And Jesus is over here like, you still don't quite get it. You don't get where I'm going with this. None of that stuff is going to feed the need that you have. Even if you're right about where we should worship, then what? Doesn't answer question one, two, three, or four. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? How should I live? That's not answered by these strict doctrinal questions. It's answered in your relationship with Christ. And Jesus went out of his way to this city where there was tension to meet this woman who was in need, who had clearly been chasing her identity in other ways, to say, I know what you've been doing. I know where you're at. You don't even understand that what you're chasing is not going to satisfy the need in your soul. You need relationship with me. And if you knew that, you'd be asking me for a drink. And then he goes on to say, the time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. He goes to talking about relationship. He's saying, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. None of your religious stuff even matters. A time's coming where true worshipers, meaning true people who have a connection with God, will worship him from the Spirit and in truth, meaning they'll be able to have a true connection with God. A time is coming because Jesus came. He was saying, I'm here for this reason, for all this nonsense that you're talking about, for all the stuff that you're chasing that's never going to satisfy you. I'm here for this religion that you're trying to associate yourself with, and I'm here to remove all that nonsense and tell you about the relationship that you need, and I'm here so that you can worship and have a connection with your heavenly Father from your soul, from your spirit, and in truth. But what she did, which is the second inappropriate way that we respond to our need for identity, we direct the conversation to the fruit instead of allowing God to address the root. And so we see she had a tendency to jump to surface-level issues. Are you doing that in your life? When Jesus is trying to talk to you about the simple truth, about the simple things that you need to do, the, uh, trying to tell you, hey, you're just thirsty. 
Are you addressing, yeah, but I need a better job. Can you give me a better job? And Jesus is like, you need some water. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, but I need a relationship right now. He's like, eh, you actually, you're just thirsty. Because if you chase a relationship in this condition, it's never going to satisfy you. So there's nothing wrong with hunger, but hunger's not going to satisfy you when you're just thirsty. Food is necessary, but when you're thirsty, food cannot satisfy that. When you need Jesus, a relationship can't satisfy that. When you need Jesus, better friends can't satisfy that. When you need Jesus, a better job can't satisfy that. All those things are good, but when you're just thirsty, you need water, and you need to prioritize that. And so the root of the issue, the root of the situation is she needed a relationship with God, and it was clear that she had followed all these other cravings. She's caught up in her ethnicity, She's caught up in her religion. She clearly has some dysfunction when it comes to relationships. And a lot of us read that as like, oh, Jesus was like roasting her. Like, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. And we read that like, ooh. (laughs) But that's not how Jesus was delivering it. Because he could say the same thing to each and every one of us. And he addresses your dysfunction to say, I know about it. I know about it. I've, I've seen the IG. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen the text messages. I've seen the parties. I've seen the relationships. I've seen the phone calls. I've seen the Snapchats. Seen it all. You're right. You don't have it all together. But instead of addressing, hey, you need to clean up your Instagram. Hey, you need to have more healthy, more functional relationships. Instead of addressing the fruit of the issue, he's going to the root. Hey, uh, you're just thirsty. And you're chasing this deep craving that you have on the inside for me in all these other things, and it's never, never, never going to satisfy it. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal Life. He said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Everyone who tries to satisfy their thirst in these temporary things will be thirsty again. I would present that searching for purpose outside of God is the most unsatisfying journey we can embark on. You will be thirsty again. You get the girl, you're going to be thirsty again. You get the guy, you're going to be thirsty again. 
You get married, you're going to be thirsty again. He restores your marriage, you're going to be thirsty again. Because if the root is that you need water, that you need him, one of the definitions of thirst is a lack of the liquid needed to sustain life. You're missing what you need to sustain your life, and it's coming out as problems in your marriage. It's coming out as dysfunctional friendships. It's coming out as lust and addictions. It's coming out as drug addictions. It's the fruit, but the root is you're just thirsty, and you think you need to get high. You're just thirsty. That's why you keep going back to it, and it never satisfies. You're just thirsty. Pursue success all day. I'm familiar with it. You're just thirsty. It'll never satisfy you. But it's hard to believe that because the brain, just like when it tells you it's hungry, it's convincing. But the truth is everyone who drinks that water will be thirsty again. And Jesus says, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. How many of you guys believe that? Jesus is saying, whoever drinks the water. The problem is that simple. I know it sounds crazy that for the problem to be that simple, for it to be you're just thirsty. That sounds ridiculous. I have real issues, deep-seated issues. I have all these problems. I've gotten into all this trouble. And Jesus listed out the things she was most embarrassed by. One of the interesting pieces of this story is the time of the day that she was at the well showed that she wasn't really trying to be in public. And so she wasn't even at the well at the time that all the other women come to the well. Could that be because of some shame from her life? So it was just her and Jesus there because she was really just trying to sneak in the middle of the day to the well at the time when nobody else goes and encounters the living God at the well who went out of his way to have a conversation with her to address some of the dysfunction and just tell her that she's been misled and to tell her, hey, I know you're coming here for water, but you drink this water, you'll be thirsty again. I know you've had a bunch of husbands, but you chasing after it that way, you're going to be thirsty again. I know that you're caught up in your ethnicity, and I'm a Jew, and you're a Samaritan, but if you try to find your identity in that, you're going to be thirsty again. I know you're caught up in your religion and being right and having the answers, this mountain or not. But if you try to find identity in that, that's not much of a foundation to stand on, and you're going to be thirsty again. He was saying if she knew that everything that she needed was actually found in him, if he said, if you knew who you were talking to, Jesus, the one who was prophesied about for hundreds of years, the one that everyone was looking forward to coming, the one we needed to be saved, was there and went out of his way not to preach to a thousand people, not to gather a crowd, not even just to talk to his disciples. He went out of his way to have a one-on-one conversation with her. 
Jesus goes out of his way to have a one-on-one conversation with you and to tell you, hey, I know what you got going on. I'm familiar with it. I've seen it. I see it all. And if you keep drinking that water, you will be thirsty again. But if you give me a chance, if you allow me to do what I say I will do, you'll never thirst again. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I believe that God is saying the same thing to us that he said to that Samaritan woman. He's saying the same thing to you tonight that he said to that Samaritan woman, that God goes out of his way, takes a different route, finds you in the club, finds you when you're out here wilding, finds you when you were wilding out last night, earlier today, this morning, when you've been misled, when you've been dysfunctional, when you've been out of order, finds you and sparks up a conversation with you. Says, will you give me a drink? Knowing what your answer is going to be. And still pushes through your resistance, not with shame, not with guilt, but with the truth. God wants to give you what you need. And a lot of you, you're just thirsty. And I know, I know it's mind-blowing to think that that could be the solution to the problem because it manifests in such complex ways. You have this deep desire. Maybe you have a deep pain of loneliness. And you're like, I feel this. This is real. I hear what you're saying, but what I'm feeling is real. And I would present to you compassionately that it's quite possible that you're just thirsty. And as real as the hunger feels, just as real as when the brain sends a signal to the body that it's hungry and you can't convince you (laughs) that you're not hungry, just as real as that feels, the truth still remains that Jesus has what you need, that Jesus wants to provide the fulfillment that will truly satisfy. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I came to give you true satisfaction. I came to give you your identity. Everyone's walking around with these questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? How should I live? And Jesus is saying, You just need me. I know it sounds crazy, but it really is that simple. You just need me. I'm the well that never runs out. Everyone who drinks what the world is telling you to drink will be thirsty again. And they will keep searching. They will keep searching. They will keep searching. The search for purpose outside of God is the most unsatisfying journey that we could ever embark on. However, life with Jesus is the most satisfying journey that we could ever, ever 
ever embark on. So perhaps your desires for professional success, for another romantic relationship, for physical possessions, to change your physical appearance, to be promoted at work, to have a nicer car, to get plastic surgery. Maybe all of those things are decoys, cravings that you're experiencing that will never satisfy the desire you have on the inside. I believe that regardless of how strong the hunger feels, the problem is still as simple as a lack of water. And God is drawing us all in close tonight. I believe that he's approaching us in the middle of our daily routine, just like he approached her. He didn't send for her and tell her to come. No, he showed up in the middle of her daily routine to say, hey, I have what you need and I'm aware of your desires and I'm aware of your dysfunction. And I'm still here to tell you that I have what you need. And so what I want to do tonight, the band's going to lead us in a song. And I just want a time for all of us to reflect on where we are in this. I believe that this affects every single one of us strongly. I believe that we are all just thirsty, but we're constantly experiencing other cravings. We're constantly experiencing other desires. And so tonight... I would encourage you to just give him a try. You're trying everything else. Open your Bible. (laughs) Read it. I know it sounds crazy, but when I start the fitness journey, I just start drinking water. Even when I don't feel thirsty. Even when I don't feel this need. The reality is science says that by the time you actually feel thirst, you're already dehydrated. But if you know that your body's made of 70% water, if you know that your spirit needs its creator, needs his word, knows that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, if you know that and you know to feed on it, then you can stay hydrated. So I'd encourage you, just drink water. Open your Bible regularly. I drink water every day, a lot of it. And I do the same thing with the word. Open it up. Pray. God wants to talk to you. He's here. He wants to talk to you. Pray. So let's take some time tonight, regardless of where you are in your relationship, to say, God, I'm either going to give you a try or I'm going to continue drinking from the well that you provide.